0: This episode of the Autism Dad podcast is brought to you by Mightier. Mightier is a biofeedback-based video game platform that teaches kids to emotionally self-regulate. This leads to a significant reduction in meltdowns and parental stress. It's backed by science, helped over 100,000 kids. And if you want more information, latest reviews and updates, as well as current discount codes, visit theautismdad.com forward slash mightier. That's theautismdad.com forward slash mightier. My name is Rob Gorski. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast, where we talk about all things related to autism and parenting and raising kids with disabilities and and self-care and all those things that are important and relevant in your life. We do all that stuff on this show and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to tune in. So you guys have been inundating me with questions about potty training and uh it's been a little bit and I've been trying to put this together for a while and I finally have it and And I can't take on every question at one time so we're going to maybe split this up over a few episodes in the coming season but I wanted to give you guys a place to start and my guest Molly Johnson is known as the autism consultant she's also a potty training expert and she's going to share with us five tips that are very practical that are very kind of everyday things that we can do to help our kids overcome some of those potty training obstacles how we as parents can uh, find hope where we maybe feel like there isn't, and and even some things that we might be doing that are kind of counterproductive and and maybe some alternative ways of approaching potty training that uh, can be really helpful. So thank you, Molly, for taking the time to come on the show. Could you take a moment, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. So first of all, thank you for inviting me on your show. And just to let everybody know who I am, my name is Molly Johnson, and I am an autism consultant. And I came into this role through being an autism teacher. And so I was an autism teacher. I've worked at a private autism program at a public elementary school and then a public middle school as well as an autism teacher. And, you know, over time, what I started to realize that was happening was I was almost being an autism consultant for the parents of the students that I was teaching because my kid my students would go home and the parents would send me a text or an email in the evening and say hey you know we're struggling with blah 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 at home if this were in the classroom how would you go about this and how would you solve this and what should i be doing at home or can we tag team this? And I work on it at home in some ways and you work on it in school. And so I was giving a lot of advice outside of the classroom too with behaviors and skill development. Um, and, you know, I I realized that I like this. I like connecting with the parents and proving to them that, yes, your child can. They're so capable. It's just going to look a little different getting there. So I decided to leave the classroom and go completely to consulting and working with parents and supporting the parent side of things. And so that's how the autism consultant was born. And now I have the pleasure of working with families from all over the world. And it completely blows my mind because when I think about, you know, the kids that I impacted when I was an autism teacher, that was limited. You know, that was capped at maybe 12 to 15 kids. I mean, 15 kids. It would That'd be have been a lot a crazy packed classroom. And 12 was probably <laughs> the mats my classroom. But I was only, you know, able to impact 12 kids a year. And now with the Internet, the you know, there's so many benefits of the Internet and connecting with people around the world. I'm able to help so many more people. So it's just been the greatest thing and such a Fun transition for me from working with the kids to working with the parents.
0: Um, Potty training is is what we're going to be we're going to be talking about today because I've been getting a lot of questions, especially lately, about how to help their child potty train, and they can be various ages. It doesn't seem to matter. Well, first of all, for families who who feel like it's hopeless, like they've been trying everything they know to do and they they can't make progress. Uh, or what they view as progress, how is it is it really hopeless?
1: It is absolutely not hopeless because i I can tell you from experience, I've worked with so many families that have a, have kids of all different abilities. Autism is one hundred percent a spectrum, and kids fall everywhere on that spectrum with their struggles, their abilities, their family situation. Um, you know, one of the biggest myths that I hear from people and that people, you know, they don't want to get started with potty training because their child is not speaking yet. And I see a lot of parents that are in that situation where they have a non-speaking child and they truly feel like it is a hopeless situation. But I can assure you that verbal speech and the ability to go to the bathroom on the toilet are not correlated. It does not have anything. One doesn't have anything to do with the other. Now, That's not to say that communication does not play a role. Communication 100% plays a role in the potty training process, but luckily there are other ways to communicate. So we need to move past that fear of, or that mindset that a child can't speak, so they can't do X, Y, and Z. We need to look past that. We need to push forward and we just need to find a different way to communicate. Communication looks different for all of us. So we just have to find what works for that child. It is not hopeless regardless of if your child is two years old or 15 years old, your child is capable of doing it. The oldest that I have personally potty trained as an autism teacher is 13. And the oldest that I had go successfully through my course, my potty training course is 15. I know it's I know it's possible. It seems like you're fighting an uphill battle sometimes because sometimes we go into things without a plan and not really knowing what's gonna pop up and the problems that are going to arise. And we're kind of going into it blind and not really knowing what we're doing. But if you go in with a plan and you have ways to troubleshoot the problems before the problems even arise, you will absolutely potty train your child.
0: What well and I think that's a really important message because it can be so overwhelming because that's just one challenge amongst, you know, potentially many others, right? And that that feeling of hopelessness Mm -hmm. is very demoralizing, you know, Mm -hmm. and to know that there is hope regardless of what your situation has been up till now, uh, is that's, that's a very powerful thing for parents. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, in your experience, what seems to be like, what is the biggest struggle or obstacle that, that kids face with potty training and maybe subsequently what, you know, their, their parents face as well?
1: Well, I think for parents, the biggest obstacle is the accidents and not just the accidents, but accepting the accidents and knowing that they're going to happen and not panicking as a result. Because a lot of people assume, oh, the day I start potty training, there should be no accidents. And if there are, it means my child can't learn. They're not learning. No, absolutely not. It's like, if you threw me into a brand new, like, sport or skill that i have never done before it's going to take me some time to pick up on that i am not going to perform at 100% accuracy on the first try not even probably on the 50th try so we have to know that mindset going in we have to know that accidents are happening they're going to happen they're completely normal and if we do it right it becomes part of the learning process and you know if if your child on day one experiences, no accidents, that is wonderful. But that is a rare unicorn situation. 99% of kids are going to have accidents. Because if you think about it, what we're doing with potty training is we're helping them unlearn years of what we've been teaching them for their whole life for two, three, four, 10 years. We're telling this child, go in your pull-up, go whenever you want. Go wherever you want. The circumstances don't really matter. You can do whatever you want whenever you want. But now we're changing the game all of a sudden. Yeah, it's gonna take some time to unlearn. There are going to be accidents along the way. So I would say that's probably the biggest struggle is parents freak out about the accidents. But I, I make sure that my my parents that I work with are so prepared going in. You have to know mentally that they're going to happen. And when we expect it. It's not so defeating, but if we go into it thinking, yeah, there's not going to be any accidents and then they happen for a couple of days, we feel defeated and we don't want to keep going. Also comparison, if I can just add comparison goes into that as well, because I think, you know, we might see a picture, a picture of that Susie Q post on her Facebook of her son in big boy underwear. He's fully potty trained at age three and we start comparing our child and our situation to Susie Q's son and thinking, oh my gosh, by, by how she's posting about this, it was so easy for her, but really we don't see all the hard work that went into it. We don't see all her incidents. She's just post posting about, you know, the grand finale, everything that worked out, you know, peaches and cream and looks beautiful. We don't know the struggle that went on behind that. And so social media sometimes can, really affect us and get us into that comparison mode and think, oh, so-and-so's child can do this, but mine can't. And that's not necessarily the case.
0: Yeah. Everybody's circumstance is different and uh, the challenges they face are unique. Every, every kid on a spectrum is unique. And so there should be, we need to be open-minded about the time frames for things because I don't think there is a set time timeframe, um, but that doesn't reflect on their capability overall right? It just takes some some time to, uh, to navigate that. 100%. Uh, so, okay. What are like your top five tips that can help parents help their autistic child to use the bathroom?
1: Okay. You ready? These are good. And I expect every parent that I work with, I tell them, you have to follow these. These are some Of the most important steps, and I don't want anybody to skip out on these. So, the first one is before you even get into potty training, start changing your child's pull up on the bathroom floor. Move from wherever you're currently doing that, whether it's their bedroom or your living room or wherever you're currently doing that, move all your items and that activity of changing their pull up, move that to the bathroom. Because what we want to do is start working on location association and teaching your child that. Anything to do with relieving ourselves, it happens in the bathroom. You and I, we don't take care of our business in the living room. We don't take care of our business in our bedroom. We go to the bathroom for that. And so we're teaching that child the same thing before we even start the potty training process. This is going to, this is one of the most important steps to follow. And it's going to be a game changer for once you do move into the stages of actually getting into potty training, and actually sitting your child on the toilet. So do not miss out on that step. I also want to add to that, I would choose one bathroom. I wouldn't do that for all the bathrooms in the house. I would choose one to keep it as simple and consistent as possible. The second tip that I want parents to follow is the timing matters. Look at the time frame that your schedule of when you're going to start potty training If your child's starting a new school or a new therapy or you're going on vacation or mom's going out of town for work for a couple of days, do not start. If it does not make sense, if the timing doesn't make sense for your family, don't start yet. It's not the end of the world to wait a month or wait two months until your schedule is a little less busy. And I know some of you are going to hear that and laugh like, does our schedule ever calm down? No, not really. But there are going to be those, yeah, there are going to be those chunks of time where you're not going on a vacation or when you don't have people coming to stay at your house for a weekend, you know, look for those little pockets where, you know, life's going to be pretty normal and consistent and use that as the time to start. Because every inconsistency that we have in our day-to-day lives, that could be like a little speed bump in the child's learning process. So we make, we want to make sure to avoid that from early on. Um, my next tip, we've kind of addressed this a little bit, but we need to think about communication. And if your child is not currently verbally speaking, that is OK. They can still absolutely 100 percent learn to go to the bathroom on the toilet. But we have to think about what our communication options are. So we can't just move forward with potty training, a non-speaking child, but have no plan of action for Giving them a voice because eventually the goal is for a child to be able to tell that tell us, "Hey, mom, hey, dad, I have to go to the bathroom." When we're walking the aisles of Target and that child is no longer wearing a pull-up, we want them to be able to tell us, "Hey, I've got to go to the bathroom. I'm about to have an accident." So, be thinking about before you even start. Be thinking about what communication options you want to use. There are um, picture symbols like PECs. There's sign language. There's an AAC communication device. Just think about what's going to fit your family and your child's needs best. But I would start thinking about that before you even get started, because I don't want you to be adding to the plan just randomly as you go. I want parents to have a plan of action before they even start so they know exactly what the steps are and exactly what they're doing every step of the way. The fourth tip is that learning is a process. And again, we touched on this one a little bit, too, but it's not going to happen overnight. And almost no kid is going to, you know, have their pull-ups taken away one day and know the expectation, not only know it, but know how to perform the expectation. It's one thing to know an expectation, but it's another for that child to actually follow through and engage in it and engage in it with 100% accuracy. And we have to realize learning's a process. Autistic children they learn things different. They process information different. They process expectations and changes and um, new sensory input completely differently. And so we have to take that into consideration and know that it's not going to be an overnight success. Um, I recommend that parents take at least two days where they have very minimal activities. They're home most of the day. I recommend starting on weekends actually for this um, because. It is a process. Now, am I saying it's going to happen in two days? No, they—they might still have accidents on day three, four, five, and six because every child is different. But I want every parent to know it's a process, and we need to allow the learning process to play out. And you know, a lot of times when we expect immediate success, we're unintentionally—we don't even realize it—sometimes we're unintentionally putting so much pressure and disappointment on this child. We don't even realize that the pressure and disappointment is like seeping out of us but it is and the child picks up on it so if we can go into it with the mindset of there're going to be accidents there are going to be bumps in the road my child takes a little longer to process information and act on that information then we go in with a better mindset and a better we're we're in a better headspace and then number 5 i see this one all the time do not tackle too many skills at once so if we think about potty training It's actually a ton of skills thrown in there. And we think of it as one skill, but it's not. It's a ton. It's, you know, um, pulling up and down our pants, actually sitting on the cold, hard toilet, um, actually peeing and pooping on the toilet, wiping, flushing, washing our hands, um, communicating about it, being able to initiate walking on our own to the bathroom. I mean, there are so many skills that go into potty training and I see it all the time where Parents are tackling like five of the skills at once in a given time frame. And so my biggest piece of advice to these parents is don't, don't. The first skill should be going to the bathroom and the toilet. That's the first skill I have every parent work on. After that, after they're able to follow your lead, then we can add on the pressure and more expectations of different skills, all the little baby skills that kind of follow behind. But my my goal in the beginning, it's not to have the kid pull down their pants. It's not to have them wipe. You know, mom can still be wiping their tush when they're sitting on the toilet the first two weeks of potty training. That's not my goal. My first goal is actually them just sitting on it and relieving themselves. So have that be your first goal. Once they have experienced success with that, then add on more goals. But when we throw too much too soon at a child, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of expectations. It's a lot to remember when we're asking them to complete I don't know, what did I I list? Seven skills all at once, it's a lot for a kid to take on. And for a kid that processes information a little differently, that means we have to approach it a little differently as well. And we might have to approach it a little slower and in smaller steps as well.
0: This episode of the Autism Dad Podcast is brought to you by Goalie. As parents, it sometimes feels like we are constantly nagging our kids to work on their daily living routines. Things like hygiene and bedtime and homework can be so challenging. We know our kids need to learn this stuff, especially as they move towards independence, but sometimes there's just not enough time in a day. Parenting is tough. Trying to balance everything when it comes to raising kids is not easy, and sometimes, as parents, we could use a little help. Enter Goalie. Goalie is a digital visual scheduler, AAC talker, token board system, and more, all rolled into one easy-to-use app. It's made for unique thinkers like autistic kids and kids with ADHD. Kids, together with Goalie, can conquer daily routines and therapy practice without prompting from mom or dad. This reduces that feeling of nagging your kids, and it also grants your kids some autonomy to sort of manage their own lives. Goalie can easily be used on your child's existing device or with Goalie's optional and affordable dedicated device. In my house, we found that the dedicated device seems to work better for my son, so that's what we use. For more information, you can visit getgoalie.com, that's G-E-T-G-O-A-L-L-Y.com, and use the code THEAUTISMDAD and save 10% off your order. Okay, so what I'm hearing with this is that basically we need to move all potty training activities into the bathroom and we don't want to start this until there's a time, you know, set aside that's dedicated specifically to this because disruptions can be disruptive, right? And, and create setbacks. And, and then uh, you want to make sure that there's a form of communication and it doesn't have to be verbal communication uh, between you and your child in regards to using the bathroom and remember that it's a process that accidents are going to happen and not to allow those accidents to be discouraging finally focus on one skill at a time because you don't want to overwhelm your child and you want to kind of have a foundation and build from one to the next to the next to the next does that that sound about right yes absolutely what you sort of touched on time frame a little bit but what is and and I know that you can't predict cuz every kid is different but what what seems to be the average reasonable time frame that parents should sort of envision when it comes to potty training their child.
1: Okay, don't hate me, but I do not want to answer this question because some parent is going to hear this number and then they're going to be well beyond that number of days and then they're going to have self-doubt. They're going to be in comparison mode and they're going to want to throw in the towel. So I'm actually not going to answer and my my answer is just going to be every child is so completely different. There is not one set amount of days that it's going to happen in.
0: So, so it'd be safe to say like as long as it takes. It takes as long yeah, as it takes.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You know, if you think about me and you, your rate of learning a new skill might be so much faster than me. But does that mean, you know, I don't honestly, if I'm go- doing the same skill that you're learning and you learn faster, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know right. how many days it took you if I'm like 10 days behind because that's going to, that'll, that'll mess with my self-esteem. Like, mm-hmm. so just want every parent to know that It'll happen. It just might be at a different rate than another child, and that's okay. We all learn at different rates.
0: So stay the course, don't give up yep. and and keep plugging away.
1: Um, can I tell you a little story about a parent I'm working with now?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you have any stories you want to share.
1: So, I'm working with a parent right now who um her son is going to the bathroom on the toilet at school but engaging in like crazy refusal behaviors at home when his mom tries to get him to sit on the toilet. And so, you know, I'm working with her back and forth. We're talking back and forth, trying to figure out what the issue is, what the difference is between school and home. And then it dawned on me, you know, maybe she's attempted potty training before in the past. So I asked her, okay, have you attempted to potty train your son before? And did you decide it's not going well? So you threw in the towel and she said yes when we first started potty training like 6 months ago he he had these types of behaviors and after 2 days we stopped because we figured that it's just not for him and I was like ah so it might be a learned behavior because he he knows what the skill is he knows what the expectation is he knows how to engage in it because he's doing it he's performing it daily several times a day at school but sometimes well all the time we learn behaviors behaviors are shaped and maintained by the environment around us, by the people around us, by how the people respond and react to our behaviors. So, you know, he learned from that first time, oh, if I engage in X, Y, and Z, maybe she'll give me my diaper back and I feel more comfortable in my diaper. So I, you know, I told her and I was very encouraging, do not stop what you're doing, be very consistent. We're not going to be forceful. We'll we'll never take a forceful approach, but keep being consistent and stay on track. And I just got an email from her this morning and said, we had almost no accidents today. I almost threw in the towel a couple of days ago and I would have never known it's possible if you wouldn't have kept me going and kept encouraging me. So always stay the course. It's worth it. I promise.
0: That, that's really cool because there, and I think that's so important for parents to hear because I was just, I was talking to you a little bit before we started recording about the parents in my support group who are kind of at their wits end. Like they just feel like it's impossible. It's never going to work. And they're resigning themselves to always having to deal with things a certain way. And hearing that type of story, I think it's very inspirational. I think it inspires hope and that kind of strength that you need to kind of keep getting back up and, and keep pushing forward because, it, you know, success is only one more attempt away, right? I mean, every, every time there's a, exactly. there's an accident, just one more time, you know, just do one more time and, you know, don't look at it as a, as a whole, just one time at a time.
1: It's so funny. I just listened to a podcast on that. So it's just funny that you said those words. I was like, oh my gosh, what a great message. But yeah,
0: but it's so (laughs) true. It's one more time. Just just, you know, what's happening in this moment right now does not represent what's going to be happening five -hmm. days from now or even tomorrow or two hours from now. And we we oftentimes we talk about like our our autistic kids generalizing things. But Mm -hmm. I think as parents, we do the same thing. We we kind of assume that this struggle is going to be this way forever and we can talk ourselves into a place where We just give up, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's, it's easier than continuing that, that fight. Uh, so I think that's really, really good advice. Thank you. I appreciate that. What are just even one or two things that, and we did sort of touch on this, but what are, what are just a couple of things that are counterproductive that maybe you see parents doing because they feel like it's the right thing to do, but in -hmm. reality, it's just, uh, making things harder.
1: Yeah, so I see this a lot, and I, I, I don't want to ever say something like mistakes parents are making because I don't want you to think that you're doing anything wrong. You're doing the best you can, and you're mm-hmm. doing what you know and what you've learned. But what I want you, if you're starting at square one, you're starting, you know, at the very beginning. What I do not want you to do is add in unnecessary steps to the process. And the biggest unnecessary step I see added in is that plastic floor potty. And you get a lot of pushback on this one, but here's the reason why. This is one more skill. It's a different skill. Peeing on a floor potty and pooping on a floor potty is completely different than sitting on that big, cold, hard toilet. It's different. A lot of times people have them in the wrong locations too, like in the living room or in the bedroom. Um, don't add in that stuff. You don't need it because what happens is you almost have to re-potty train and reteach your child to start going on the toilet. So you're almost potty training all over again. And you know, I, I only recommend adding in what you want to be the final outcome. And the final outcome is not peeing on that floor potty. You and I don't do that. We don't want that to be the final outcome for your child. So with whatever change we implement with potty training, we want it to be as close to the finish line as possible. That floor potty, it's going to add in one more transition. And what we know about autistic children is, or all autistic individuals is that they get fearful of transitions and changes and it brings on anxiety and possible behaviors and a lot of uncertainty. So if we can take out a transition, if we don't have to add in that extra trans- transition, we shouldn't. Your child can 100% learn to use the toilet without a floor potty.
0: Okay. Um, That's the biggest one. Okay. That seems uh I guess I it makes sense to me. I, I don't know that I would have thought that because they market those mm-hmm. little toilets as like a natural progression from like yep. one to the next to the next. And, and and but I can see it would almost be like start it is like starting all over again because it's it's they become mm-hmm. accustomed to one thing, yep. but you don't want them doing that forever, right? Because they only make those mm-hmm. so big and you're gonna have to start all over again and, and work them into something else. So it just makes sense to go from you know start to work on what your finished final goal is so i yeah i agree
1: and their marketing is wonderful because most parent thinks that's the next step out of diapers most parent thinks that oh that's going to be part of the potty training process and that's one of the steps of what i tell parents not to do inside my potty training course because i don't want to have to take the time and energy to re potty train a child because it is going to be a new skill they're learning going from this thing to this thing you know to the toilet to go to go to the bathroom on so um and you know that that leads me to there are a ton of things out there that are on the internet that you know I don't recommend and they're everywhere when you when you think about potty training your child you're probably going to google and you're typing in how to potty train my autistic child and there are going to be steps in there that i i don't recommend along with the floor potty like um most of the methods out there teach you to do things like sit your child on the, on the toilet every five to 10 minutes. Like well, I don't recommend that at all. That's most likely going to create a negative relationship with the toilet. It's going to become a chore for both, both mom and the child. It's, um, you know, it doesn't allow the bladder to get full because if we're asking a child to pee every five to 10 minutes, how on earth can a bladder get full? And then later down the line, we want to work on that child communicating and initiating going to the bathroom on their own. And if they don't know what a full bladder feels like, it's going to hurt the initiation step down the road. Um, You know, I also I also don't support a forceful approach of holding a child down and sitting, keeping them on the toilet until they go. Okay, if I don't have to go to the bathroom and you make me sit on the toilet till I have to go, the next time I have to go pee might not be for another 30 minutes like, you know, my, my relationship with the toilet, it's going to be broken. My relationship with you is going to be a little different if you're forcing me to sit there. And I I get a lot of parents who, you know, whether they were taught to use that approach and they did it at home or their child, they're using that approach at therapy or the teachers using that approach at school. I hear it on a daily basis that You know, my child's now traumatized of the toilet. So if we go into it knowing that that's not part of our potty training plan, we can avoid some trauma on the child's end. And I I can tell you for sure, if we do things that are going to cause trauma, it's going to really slow down the process. And if your child's experienced trauma, I'm actually going to tell you, you need to just hit pause for a while and you need to wait a few months before you come back to it because that child has a broken relationship with the toilet.
0: That's really interesting. I would not have, I really wouldn't have ever thought that. And I think that a lot of parents would fall into that trap because that's sort of the way that society has kind of made us think about potty training is, is that it's like we have to start here and then go to here and then go to here. And then ultimately we can be creating more of a problem for ourselves. So I, I really appreciate that insight. How can people find you? What's What's the best way for people to connect with you if they... They they listen to this and they're like, this is great. I want more. Like, how can they find you?
1: So if you just look up the autism consultant on Instagram, you will find me. And then I have a Facebook page as well. But find me on Instagram. Send me a message. I like talking to parents. And, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. A lot of parents will be sending me messages and they'll say, hey, this is my situation. Is my child ready? And I'll tell them yes or no. I, I, I tell many parents, no, I'd recommend waiting a little bit. Um, so shoot me a question, shoot me a message and just connect with me. I love meeting new people.
0: Very cool. Uh, I'll have all of your information in the show notes and the blog posts and stuff like that. So they can uh, connect directly with you if they uh, need more information. And I, again, I just, I just really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for having me on. I love getting to know new people connecting and this is a topic that i'm passionate about if you look at my instagram i talk quite a bit about potty training so you can tell Mm -hmm. i like talking about it so thank you for having me on
0: you're welcome before i close things out today i just want to say thank you to molly for taking the time to come on the show and talking to us about potty training i think the tips that you provided are very uh relatable i think they're very practical and i I think they apply whether your child is autistic or not you know they're just other tips for helping humans potty train and i hope that you guys benefit from this again this is just sort of a building a foundation with which to build future episodes off of and i wanted to give you guys something to go on uh before we start taking on additional topics and specific situations in the upcoming season so Thank you, Molly. I really appreciate it. You guys can find Molly at theautismconsultant.us. link will be in the show notes below. As always, you can find me at listen.theautismdead.com. All my social links are at the top of the page. You can link to the blog. Uh, you can interact with the podcast. You can leave feedback and comment suggestions. You can contact me. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. You can submit show requests or topic ideas, or you want to be a guest, you can submit a pitch. I mean, it's all there. Very simple to use. And, uh, I love to hear from you. So thank you for tuning in. Have a great week and I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.